going to turn things back over to Mark now so he can start hour two right before the wild and crazy hour coming up of Garden Talk. Good morning. <laughs> you guys love that wild and crazy stuff, don't you? <laughs> I had to, couldn't wait. I couldn't wait till late to get one in there. I'm sorry. Somebody <laughs> asked me the other day, is Steve Martin going to show up? I said, I don't know if Steve Martin's going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a... Wouldn't oh, that be man. a hoot? <laughs> that would be a hoot. That would be an outstanding hoot. It's It'd be a cameo weekend on Garden Talk. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're about ready to begin the second hour of Garden Talk. We'd love to hear your voices today. 457 1290 on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Santini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good Saturday morning, and welcome back to the second hour of Garden Talk right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is a show all about helping you with your yard gardening and landscaping challenges. And for 28 years and one week, we've been doing so by helping you at 457-1290. If you'd love to join us, we would love to have you. Um, as we begin the second hour of Garden Talk, my name is Mark Weber. I'm with WeberLandscaping.com. Um, I am a board-certified master arborist. I hold two separate degrees in horticulture from Ohio State University. And I hold a number of other degrees and certifications and qualifications, which I will not bore you with. But I'm here to help you. If you've got a question about your lawn, your trees, your landscape, your house plants, your indoor plants, your vegetable plants, your fruit plants, this is a place to get your plant questions answered at 457-1290. And without further ado... Up on the horticultural hotline, we're joined by the one, the only, Mr. Richmond Pearson. Good morning, Richmond Pearson. Good morning, Mark Weber. How are you? I'm 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 hoarse, but I'm well. Thank you. It was a busy week in the world of trees. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Sounds like it. Yeah, it was a really fascinating week. Uh, uh, we. Spent one whole one whole afternoon, um, one morning spending nothing but about all we need to know about soils. Another afternoon spending everything how to blow up a tree and how to make it fail and uh, learn how trees break and fall apart. And um, it was a good week, great week for for arboriculture. Well, I think the Ohio chapter. ISA's bicycling team, I forget the number, raised, uh, let's talk about impressive numbers. You ready for this? You know, yeah. they, they rode bicycles all over Ohio to raise money for tree research. Um, they raised, where is it at here? Ohio chapter, ISA raised $56,642 for tree research and education. Wow, that's and of course, Ohio was the number one team in the world. Riding, riding a bicycle, yes. <laughs> All right, Rich. It's August. What are we going to do now? Plant something? I think we should. I mean, we've been worried so much about pests and diseases and pests and diseases. Let's put something else in the landscape. Okay. And let's challenge ourselves. I am I'm tired of the cookie cutter HOA type landscapes that I keep hearing about. So these two plants are actually challenges for me, but I love them. I've grown them before. And what triggered this was I actually planted one of them in the yard yesterday. Curious? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on on the edge. Tell me. And they are both in the same family, the T-A-C-E family, which is the T family that includes camellias. And they have flowers similar to camellia. Right. Both of them have uh, about an inch and a half or larger uh, white flower, five petals with a yellow center. And... 
They are both relatively small trees. They deserve a, a special, significant place in the landscape. And they both require a ridiculous amount of soil building just to see. <laughs> exactly. But the first one also has a cool story, and I'm a big fan of, of plants with stories. Uh, Franklinia a lot of Maha, or the Franklin tree, or Franklinia, uh, was native to the uh, southeastern North America. Correct. And in the early part of our country, the colonial time of our country, it was selected in the wild once or twice, depending on which legend you you, uh, you listen to. It has not ever been found in the wild since. Right. This plant's extinct. And, uh, Pardon? This plant's extinct in the wild. Yes. And everything that exists now in horticultural production is from the seeds of those original uh, collecting uh, expeditions. And it's a beautiful tree. It'll get maybe 20 feet tall, maybe 6 to 15 feet wide, uh, ascending branches, amazing fall color in the foliage. Sometimes you'll have flowers when it's in fall color, and it's, it's just gorgeous. Uh, and the other one is the is the Stuardia, and I'm particularly in love with the Japanese Stuardia. That's the Stuardia pseudocamellia. Uh, and that has a similar flower, a more, probably a more compact, upright, kind of narrow pyramid uh, habit. And the additional beauty of the of the Stuardia is it gets this exfoliating bark and kind of a muffled trunk on it. And it's, that one also gets a beautiful fall color. Now, the challenge for both of them is certainly you do a, a soil test first, but in our area, we all know it's going to come back with clay soil and high pH. Both of these plants require a moist, very well-drained soil, very high humus content, and a, a low pH. So it requires the addition of a lot of organic matter. Uh, and I use shredded pine bark or the pine pines soil conditioner. If you can find it, that's very hard to find in our area for some I also add peat moss. Uh, I toss in some compost. And another, if you can find it, there's a granite poultry grid that helps with the aeration. Right. Um, and I'm also in a scattering of uh, granular sulfur. Yeah, and, and 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 that's even getting hard to find. <laughs> and, and it's important yeah. for our listeners to realize that to do all that, you've got to know what the existing soil conditions are, meaning mm-hmm. that you've got to know exactly what are the pHs and how low you've got to roll it down. Mm-hmm. And depending on where that base saturation is will depend on how many pounds of elemental sulfur you're applying per 100 square feet. And typically, for about every point of pH, you're applying about one pound per 100 square feet, not one 1,000, one 100 square feet. And it needs to be incorporated into the soil, the depth of typically four to six inches. To, and, and even that, you know, in some cases, if you have pHs of up near eight, it may be, you may want to go pound and a half, depending on where that base saturation is. But the right. point being is, though, these plants can be grown here. But you've got to realize that to do that, you're going to do, need to do amending the soil and testing the soil to better understand um, where all of this fits in and how you're going to do it. And, and also, Rich, I would say these are plants that should be planted in a kind of um, a protected location, too, meaning that yep. you don't want to have them in, in, a, in a really highly exposed area um, that way. Rich, I must go because I've got Mr. Jesse here in the studio. We're going to talk about a really shocking 
Shocking topic of lightning. Shocking. Shocking. Well, we don't want to get in the way of the new weather guy because, you know, got to make him feel welcome here. I, I have to make everybody feel welcome. We'd be politically gardening correct here. <laughs> Rich, take care. I'll see you on Thursday when we talk all about tree roots at Woodland, okay? I will be there. All right. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good morning, Jesse. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hang good. In there. Good. Good. I thought we could talk about a shocking topic. I see what you did there. That's a nice <laughs> pun. Lightning. What do we got? Tell, tell our listeners one how mm-hmm. lightning is formed in the atmosphere. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I I I I find lightning fascinating on so many different fronts. Um, that's another pun. Fronts. Yeah, I see what you did. Okay. Um, you're on a roll this morning. I know. I just. I think you you woke up. I'm still not there yet. I'm <laughs> lagging behind. A no, bit. I spent a week with a bunch of tree people, so I'm really nerdy today. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I find lightning fascinating because lightning affects the affects plant life in so many ways. And every time you have a lightning storm, you have an infusion of nitrogen into the ecosystem that causes plants to grow. That's very cool. I did not know that. And the other thing that I find fascinating about lightning is is that I've read somewhere that I don't know. It was like there's a lightning strike on the on the planet, like one every every two minutes or something to that effect. It's I can't remember what the exact number is, but it's extremely frequent. Yeah, lightning is a very frequent thing that mm-hmm. happens. I would say there's probably several happening per minute, as far as on the whole planet. It's it's a it's very frequent. Yeah, and and what's fascinating about it is is a lot of people will blame lightning for why a tree failed. Mm. And the interesting part is is that when you do the statistical analysis and you look at how many lightning strikes are happening, and compare that to the tree population, mm-hmm. very few trees ever fail from that initial lightning strike. Mm-hmm. Most trees can sustain a lightning strike and and live another day. Hmm. Now, that doesn't even consider, though, what happens to the tree long term because of the lightning. But that initial being an acute or fatal strike is less frequently than than what one would believe. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you how lightning forms in the atmosphere. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's a pretty interesting concept, am I correct? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool what happens. Um, so you have to have a uh, strong enough updraft to obviously create the thunderstorm that produces the lightning, and you need to have it strong enough to move beyond the freezing point. So that updraft needs to create ice crystals from the water vapor down below, and when those ice crystals begin rubbing together, it creates creates static electricity, and that's kind of the precursor to what will happen. So it builds up a charge that accumulates, and generally it's a negative charge that's kind of dipping down uh, lower and lower, and then it reaches out for a positive charge. Now, sometimes you'll find the positive charge within another cloud. Other times you'll find that positive charge more likely on the ground, and that's kind of how you have the connection between cloud to ground lightning is that um, development. So another way to think of it is um, when I when I go to schools, I tell the kids um, to think of it this way. When you rub in a plastic chair, you stand up and then you touch something metal. More right. often than not, you'll you almost will guarantee that you'll get a shock from that. It's the same process. The static electricity is created through the fix- friction of you uh, rubbing in the chair, which is the same as the ice crystals rubbing together. And there's a charge differential between the metal and your finger. And that's what creates the spark. And that's kind of how lightning works. So I listened to a talk by a guy <clears throat> from the University of Georgia about, about lightning. And he described how lightning has this peg thing that comes up. Uh-huh. Explain, what does he mean by the peg thing? Um, well, so what happens when lightning reaches down is when it's going down initially, from the, the very first time it's trying to look, it's searching for that positive charge to connect to. Right. And this can go vice versa too. Don't think it's just negative to positive. I'm gonna show you his draw. It can be positive his, to negative. See, see that? Mm-hmm. He shows the cloud. I know this, we have interactive yep. TV here. Sure. He shows the the cloud, and then he shows the positive charges and the negative charges. Yep. Then he shows the rain being a positive charge. Mm-hmm. So explain to me how that works. 
Well, uh, um, as far as the charge differential, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's the densities of those materials. Okay. So rain is heavier than grapple. Grapple is what's producing that negative charge. So because it's a little bit lighter, it stays higher in the cloud there. Rain okay. is towards the ground. Okay. So it's just that the weight of those materials, the ice crystals are super light, so they're super high in the cloud. And so the grapple is what kind of falls down, carries that negative charge with it, and it searches on the ground. Does it show on the ground positive charge yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. So on the ground, it's searching for that positive charge somewhere. Um, so what happens is the lightning... Essentially, the charge of negativity is so large where that layer of grapple is, yeah. it needs to reach equilibrium and it needs to reach out. So when a lightning strike reaches down, it has several of these like feelers as it right. goes down. It's not one single thing that's going. It's a bunch of feelers. And the first one to make connection with a positive charge, that's where you get the dart leader. And this is essentially um, that stroke that happens. Right. And it, they, they sometimes will meet. And this is the peg you're talking about. Yeah. Right before it gets to the ground, a little pig will reach back out towards the sky as well. So from both the sky down and the ground up, they will meet and build that connection, and it will flow all of that energy from one to the other. So basically, lightning is this, is this negative force. But it can go both ways. It can be a positive charge that's also searching for a negative charge. Okay. Um, it's just that we, well, we generally see the most common lightning strikes are negative in the lower cloud to positive on the ground. So that explains why a lot of times you'll see lightning go across the sky horizontally. Yep. Wherever it can find that charge, it, it wants just, to make that connection. It's following the charges. Mm -hmm. Well, this was, this, this was a shocking. <laughs> yeah, that one did get wild. Yeah. I was no. getting into that. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's, and that's what I'm trying to say is I'm learning. This is really fascinating because it, 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 that formation explains why lightning behaves the way it does when it comes mm -hmm. to the ground. And the most, uh, actually a lot of times the strongest bolts of lightning will be from when you get that positive charge in the very top of the cloud that finds a negative charge somewhere else. Wow. Those, those are often the ones that will shoot out of the storm and like off away from it and go down. Interesting. So those are, those are the real strong ones. That's why they say, even though the storm isn't overhead, you need to still treat it as if it is because those lightning strikes can reach out of the cloud if they find, you know, that connection. Interesting stuff. Hey, thank you, Jed. I'm, I'm sorry that I, I threw this on you, but to me, it, no, was, it, a, it was, we're in the month. It was just been a lot of lightning lately. Yeah, there has. And, and I thought it would be apropos to talk about. Thank I enjoy you, it. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next week. You're welcome. Thank Ta you. Thank you. Bye-bye. More garden talk after this on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. I know a lot of you have commented on my crazy schedule. Well, it's not typical, okay? And that's why sleep is so important for me. When I have the opportunity to get some sleep, I've got to get some sleep. And I get it with my pillow. My pillow making me a more efficient sleeper, falling asleep right away, staying asleep. The alarm wakes me up out of a deep slumber, and I'm ready for a brand new day. Well, my pillow can do the same for you. I know it can. And right now, you can get four pillows for about the price of a single my pillow. Go to mypillow.com, enter the promo code WHIO, click on the four pack special, and you'll get two my pillow premium pillows like the ones that I have at home, and two go-anywhere pillows, like the ones I have on the road, and you're going to love it. MyPillow 100% machine washable and dryable comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. You can go to MyPillow.com, get the four-pack special, or you can call 1-800-320-1481, ask for the four-pack special, use the promo code WHIO. Hey everyone, it's Nancy here with my great friend Christian Hahn of Joseph Airport Toyota Hyundai in Vandalia. So Christian, I know we're still in the middle of 2018, but you're thinking next year already, aren't you? Absolutely. The 2018s need to go. Therefore, at Joseph Airport Hyundai and Toyota, we're doing our clearance now. In August, I have about 450 new Toyotas and Hyundais that we have to clear out with great deals so that we can make room for the 2019s. It's going to be a great month. People who want a great deal need to go to josephairporttoyota.com or airhyundai.com or visit us in our showroom. Either way, you're going to get a great deal. 
So I was looking online myself, and you have a huge variety. It is awesome because we have loads of Sonatas, Santa Fe's, Elantras, Camrys, lots of Camrys, lots of RAV4s and Highlanders, all the popular models and trims. They're priced to go at josephairporttoyota.com and airhyundai.com. Come in today. Stockslagers is our name. Since 1959, the Stockslagers family mission is to bring you quality plants at affordable prices. We're getting ready for your fall planting of the coal crops, cabbage, broccoli, spinach, lettuce, Brussels sprouts, and more. Remember, your garden still needs nutrients and protection from damaging insects. Our staff can recommend the right products from organics to the brands you know. We're here for you year-round to serve your gardening needs. Find us in New Lebanon on State Route 35. Now at Menards. Save big money on your next project with 11% off everything. Create your ideal backyard with blocks for Menards. Whether it's flawless landscaping, a spacious patio, or a sturdy retaining wall, there's no limit to what you can create. 16-inch easy slate patio blocks are $265 each after sale price and 11% off. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Good through August 11th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Have you thought about a visit to Carillon Historical Park? Carillon Park is the perfect treat for every member of the family. With our carousel of Dayton innovations, animatronic theater, trains, slides, and living history spread throughout our 30 museum buildings and 65-acre campus. Carillon Park features world-changing inventions, stories, and artifacts brought together to fascinate and delight. Top off your visit with a Culp's Burger and Classic Milkshake, or try the good food and drink of Carillon's Brewery. Visit Carillon Park soon and discover all the reasons why you can't go a day without Dayton. Gather your friends and golf clubs and head to Sycamore Creek Country Club on Monday, August 20th for the Unforgettables Foundation Charity Golf Classic. All proceeds will help assist families across central and southern Ohio who have suffered a childhood death. For more information, visit unforgettables.org or call Jared at 937-478-3928. This airtime provided by Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Underwriters include White Allen and Dyer Garoppolo Mann & Schultz. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It is 729. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO News Update. Our top story we're following lurking more into the investigation of a plane getting stolen in Washington State. We're told the mechanic stole that passenger plane and then crashed it. What we know about his fate and how this investigation is expected to proceed is coming up. Rain chances on the climb a little bit later today. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic. Right now, everything's looking all clear out there on those roadways. Checking things out on southbound 75 at the Miami and Montgomery County lines. The 22-mile drive to 675 is taking about 21 minutes. And it's our top story. Now to Washington State, where investigators are looking into the case of a mechanic at SeaTac International Airport who stole a plane and crashed it on a nearby island. His fate has yet to be confirmed. And at this time, local, state, and federal investigators are looking into this. I am sure, as I said, they will be looking at every I to dot, every T to cross to find out what happened, why it happened, and how it happened. That's Pierce County Sheriff Paul Pastor. We're told that the employee was a 29-year-old man. Right now, we're working to learn his name, but the latest reports say that he may have had a death wish. Well, Centerville City Schools will need to reroute some buses and drivers may have to take a detour because of a bridge closer. The McEwen Road Bridge in Washington Township will close on Monday and stay closed for several months. Now, that bridge has had load restrictions since 2016 and crews will be working to replace it. At least 7,000 people cross that bridge every day. Crews tell us they expect that bridge to be finished on November 30th if the weather cooperates. 
Well, we've learned that two people were injured in a house fire on Denny Lane and Riverside. Crews tell us when they arrived on scene, they saw smoke and flames coming from the roof. We've learned everyone made it out safely, including the family's dog. Riverside fire crews were able to quickly knock down the fire thanks to help from Dayton, Wright-Pat, and Fairborn fire crews. That's WHIO's John Tisdall. He says the cause of the fire remains under investigation. Now, we're told the estimated damage to the structure and contents is between twenty dollars and $30,000. Well, quite a bit of rain in just a short amount of time, leaving high water in several areas last night, especially Greene County. Several people in Greene County reported high water in the parking lot of Rural King and west of Xenia. One person reported that water was at least ankle-deep in parts. There was also high water on several streets, we're told, and a few vehicles had to be moved, and as well as one branch did fall from a tree, but fortunately, we're told nobody was hurt. Now let's have a look at our exclusive forecast. Here's meteorologist Jesse Mag. Going throughout the day, we'll gradually see the skies clearing up a little bit, and we do have a chance for showers and storms to develop, especially towards the south of I-70 today. High temperature for today, 82 degrees, and we're clearing out, especially into the overnight hours. A cool, quiet night, 62 degrees for the low, and into tomorrow, partly sunny skies. We still have that chance for a shower or storm popping up mainly in the afternoon. High temperature tomorrow, around 83 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO. Well, the latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar, we're tracking some lingering showers in the northern Miami Valley, working their ways across several counties. Right now, we're seeing that rainfall working its way across Auglaize County at this time, also through Logan and Champaign. The heaviest bunch of rain, it looks like, is moving through Dart County, just south of Greenville. We're going to be keeping our eyes on that as it moves along uh, just north of I-70. Right now, 66 degrees in Troy, 65 in Springfield, and 68 here in Dayton at 733. I'm Jonah Adi on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Depend on it. Good morning, Garden Talk fans. Can you answer this very timely turf question? Hi, this is Randy from Green Velvet Sod Farms. Here's the question. If your green velvet grass seed could talk, what would it be telling you right now? If your answer is, now's the time to plant me, you're right. The very best time to plant grass seed is right now. The days are getting shorter, the moisture in the soil lasts longer, and the competition from weeds are less than any other time of the year. With four locations throughout Dayton and Columbus, solutions to all of your turf and ornamental needs are right around the corner. If you're impatient, don't settle for grass seed. Insist on green velvet Kentucky bluegrass or turf-type tall fescue sod. Just lay it down today and enjoy it tomorrow. It's that easy. Breathe new life into your landscape. Follow us on social media or visit us online to keep up with timely tips for all of your landscaping questions. It's easy to be green with Green Velvet, your trusted lawn and landscape resource for the last 59 years and growing. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. This is Clark Howard. If breaking news happens, we break in anytime. How can you grow a better lawn? Let's go in the grass with Randy Tisher of Green Velvet Sod Farms on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, Mr. Tisher. Well, it'd be a better morning if it would just stop raining for a, for a week or so. I never thought I'd be telling you that I didn't want rain in August, but I'm, I'm ready for it to dry up a little bit, Mark. Why don't you send some of it to my house? I mean, my house, it's so dry, it's so dry that the, the cows are eating the grass and making powdered milk. Well, we haven't been able to get a single uh, grass seed planted in our fields yet. So uh, just dry it out for about a week, 10 days, maybe, and then you can make it rain again. <laughs> so, Randy, people don't get, and I, I often have I've talked about this, that, you know, turf-type tall fescue and Kentucky bluegrass... Even though they're both grass plants, they are two totally different animals. Yeah, they're different in many different ways. And here we are, the uh, what is it, the 11th of August. Uh, the best time to plant grass seed, if you're going to do any lawn renovation or 
We're, uh, uh, you know, start a new lawn. Uh, August 15th through September 15th is the time. But you've got to select, select the right grass seed, and you've also got to plant it at the right rate. And you're right. Turf type tall fescue is a larger seed. If you, uh, you got real bored here this afternoon and bought a pound of turf type tall fescue seed, you would get about 300 seeds in that one pound. With, but with Kentucky bluegrass, you're going to get somewhere between a million, maybe up to a million five depending on the variety. So you've got a totally different seeding rate when you're using a blend of Kentucky bluegrass versus a blend of turf-type tall fescue. And so what it means, ladies and gentlemen, is Kentucky bluegrass seed is much, much, much smaller. <laughs> yeah, you know, when when we're seeding turf, or well, well, when we're seeding turf type tall fescue, we're seeding that at oh eight to ten pounds per thousand square feet. That's up to four hundred pounds an acre. When we're seeding our Kentucky bluegrass fields, we're seeding in a pound and a half, maybe two pounds. That's uh, roughly eighty pounds an acre. Uh, so you've really got to pay some attention not only to the seed that you select. But more importantly, or equally as importantly, is the is the seating rate, Mark, and, right. uh, and and that's where people can get in trouble. And and so, ladies and gentlemen, the other piece of this is is when you are installing your grass seed, you want to make sure that it gets soil to seed contact. Do not throw it on the ground and hope the good Lord will make it grow, because it will not grow, and it will be a big waste of your money. So, Randy, people always ask, how deep should I plant my grass seed? Well, that's another one. Uh, grass seed's not like a, uh, a a corn plant or, you know, when you're planting your garden, some of these things are an inch or maybe even a little deeper than that. I like to see at least 50% of the grass seed right on top of the soil when we plant. And if you cover that grass seed with much more than an eighth of an inch of soil, uh, or a quarter of an inch even, it may not come out of the ground. I like it right up at the surface. Right. But that ground's got to be loosened up. Just like you say, you can't be Johnny Appleseed this time of the year. Uh, you've got to scratch the soil up. You've got to create a little home for that, that grass seed. You plant it. Don't forget to feed the baby. My father always said feed the baby with a good starter fertilizer. And that's going to be a fertilizer that has a middle number in you know, most of the fertilizers on the market today don't have any any phosphorus, but you need some phosphorus to get that root system going. Right. So you know, scratch up the ground, select the right seed, plant it at the right rate, uh, feed it, water it, and uh, you'll have a beautiful turf type tall fescue will germinate in uh, five to seven days. Right. Uh, Kentucky bluegrass a little longer than that, maybe uh, a week or two, depending on how much you water it. But uh, now's the time, Mark. Exactly. Exactly the point. Mr. Tisher, as always, thank you so much for your insight. And uh, I hope the rain kind of goes north versus, I mean, goes south versus north. Okay? Well, you know me, Mark. I'm never happy. If it's, if it's, if it's wet, I want it dry. If it's dry, I want it wet. <laughs> hot, cold, cold, hot. I'm just never happy. Uh, it's still okay, Mr. Tisher. It really is. <laughs> thank you, sir. Take good care, okay? Uh, Good to talk to you. You bet, sir. Bye-bye. You've been in the grass with Randy Tisher of Green Velvet Zod Farms. Our Ask the Expert phone lines are open to answer your gardening and landscape questions. Call Mark Weber at 457-1290. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290 is the number of the dial if you would like to be part of this morning's broadcast. Let's head right back to the telephone lines. Let's go talk to Deborah. Deborah, good morning and uh, welcome to Garden Talk. Good morning. Hi, Deborah. How can we help you? Hi, I have a, a, a uh, Cleveland pear tree and uh, it has bagwood. Bagworm. Okay. And I wanted to know how to get rid of it. Yeah, bagworms. Um, well, one um, is the are they shaped kind of like little pine cones? Well, let me say this: it has, I'm just like 
a, a net around it, a spider web of some sort. Okay, so, so it's like a big webbing then, right? Yes, yes, sir. Okay, that's fall tent caterpillar, not bagworm. Okay. Yeah, um, that is a as a caterpillar insect, which means it belongs to the group of insects called Lepidoptera, which is the moth and butterfly family. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can use typically early on use a biological insecticide called Dipel. It's D I P E L, or mm-hmm. it's it's its botanical name is Bacillus thuringiensis or Latin name, excuse me. And it it is biologically once it goes into the gut tract of the of the insect, it will cause the insect to die from the inside out. Um, it's very environmentally friendly and very a very good choice. If the insect is past what they call, I think it's usually about the third or fourth instar, which is typically about an inch. The caterpillar is greater than probably an inch and a half to two inches. Um, then you're going to have to use a little bit heavier duty or duty in insecticide. And there are some synthetic pyrethroids, which are a little easier on the environment than some of the organophosphates or carbomets there. So I would look for a synthetic pyrethroid to use if they're a little bit bigger than an inch and a half. Well, I don't know how big they are. I... Look at them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it, the, the caterpillar's net or whatever you call it is Okay, so you can look in. What you may also want to do is you can cut them out with a pair of pruning shears, loppers, or what they call tree tree clippers. Okay. And you can cut them out that way, or there's also um, tree companies around that can spray them for you as well. Okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye bye. Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety. By the way, there's not one, but one, two, three lines available. Give us a call. Let's go talk to Wayne in Beaver Creek. Wayne in Beaver Creek, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm fine, sir. How can we help? I've got a tree question. I've got a a tree in my backyard that uh, is probably, oh, 80 to 90 feet tall. It's it's a tree that's been been there for, uh, I don't know, Sixty, seventy years. Okay. And it, the problem I have is, is on the bottom of the tree is probably about uh, eighteen feet, uh, eighteen feet, eighteen inches in, in uh, diameter, and then about five feet from the bottom, it spreads out very gnarly to a, about thirty inches in diameter. On the one side of the tree, uh, mushrooms or fungus is growing out, and it's very spongy. Uh, I've I've taken I talked to some people and they said well see how far the sponge goes in and I've taken a drill and it goes in about halfway before I actually hit hard wood. Can I try to clean? It's probably an area of about a oh a foot or something like that that has this very spongy uh, part where the fungus is growing out. Can uh, I can try I, to I, clean ask, that can, out? Can I ask you? Or is this, it better? No, no, just slow down, down, slow down. It's, it's okay. in the process of dying, and it's, I say, 90 feet tall, and it's 20 feet from the house with the with the heavy parts of the branches leaning toward the house. So if it snaps, it's going to hit the house. Okay, but let's let's back down for a minute here, okay? Yeah. But my first question, my first question is, what species of tree is it? Uh, it's a maple. Uh, Whatever reason, I'm getting a lot of back feed, Javon. Can we fix that, please? Slow, if you can speak very slowly, sir, what species of tree is it? It is a maple. Okay. And the spongy body that's on the tree, is it what color is it? It's, it's, uh, it's dark on the surface, but it's whitish as I go into it. Okay, and is it shaped, and tell me its shape, is it shaped like a gill, is it shaped kind of like a, 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 a pillar, kind of describe its shape to me. It's shaped, it's shaped like a, uh, a, a gill, like you, you would say. Okay. Uh, it's okay. a flat, of uh, a disc kind of a mushroom coming out or whatever it is. Okay, well first of all, I, I need to, to lay down a couple of really important pieces here to you, okay? Yeah. 
Um, first of all, you're really going to need to have a qualified arborist inspect this tree. Okay? A qualified arborist would be a certified arborist. And you would find one at a website called treesaregood.org. And I'm going to make it. And that, that fungal fruiting body that's on that tree needs to be investigated to determine what, what type of species it is. And this is why. Um, fungal fruiting bodies are just the result of the mycelium, uh, the roots of the fungus, so to speak, beneath the root, inside the bark, mining out the cambium and mining out the, uh, excuse me, the, the, the wood tissue, which is made up of cellulose, hemocellulose, and lignin, okay? Yeah. Um, there is a really good chance, if it's in the, the trunk wood, uh, depending on which one it is, and my sense is from what you described to me, it sounds like a fungus called gamodermia. And gamodermia is, there's different types of gamodermia, and of which one it is, I don't know, but you don't want to mess with this. You're not going to be able to physically remove it, and I need to tell you that. What you're doing is probably going to end up doing more damage to the tree than, 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 than good. Um, you really need to have an arborist inspect it, and I, even more so, I'm going to suggest um, what they call level three inspection. And what I mean by that is in trees, we inspect trees three different ways. We inspect with level one, which is where utilities and municipalities will do what they call drive-by inspection. And that's where they drive along and kind of look for tree conditions that are pretty conspicuous that need to be dealt with fairly quickly, okay? The second is a level two, which is where we walk completely around the tree and in many cases use a, a rubber mallet to do a sounding on the tree to determine how much hollowness is inside the tree. And then the third is what they call level three. And level three is where we do some type of um, really in intensive uh, inspection. And in your case, a level three may be using what they call an arist uh, uh, a, a drill, we, where we find uh, very small drill bits to drill into the tree to determine how far the, 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 the decay is, or more so using some type of sound tomography. Okay, I try... I tried to drill, and but the don't. Drill but but, went but about my sir, my sir, I, I'm saying. The tree. I understand that, but sir, you're not qualified to do that. Oh, I realize that. I realize that. So this is what I'm trying to say to you, is that that tree probably weighs in excess of thirty-five thousand pounds, or maybe more. Don't mess with this. Have it properly inspected by a qualified arborist, because you are you are running you're running a big risk of of a disastrous condition. And, and, and you, it may be a tree that you can retain related to the, le the percentage of decay internally, but we as certified arborists are trained to, to advise you how far that decay has moved into the tree, okay? We, okay. Have, we have tools that allow us to di diagnose these kind of things to best advise you on how to manage this condition. Ultimately, that decision is up to you because you're the tree owner, but I, I, I need to say to you that you don't want to mess with this. And homeowner, homeowner type of uh, investigations like you've described are probably going to do more harm than good. Okay, I, that's why I told you. Yeah, you want, you want, it, you want to have a street property inspected. I do, and, and, and you and, said that before there was a lot of interference. I did not get the, the, uh, the, the, how I could get a hold of a good arborist. Okay. I had People look at it, and I got very nebulous remarks. Can you give me that? Okay. You want to find an, a certified arborist. You would find it at treesaregood.org. Okay. And treesaregood the, 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 so, yeah, but sir, let, let me finish this thought. The type of arborist that you want is one is a certified arborist, or a board-certified master arborist that retains the qualification of what they call TRAC. It's T-R-Q, um, T-R-Q, T-R-Q-A, Tree Risk Assessment Qualification. And that a TRAC qualified arborist has gone through the appropriate training 
and has proven in front of a, a, of his peers, his or her peers, to be um, qualified to make assessments of conditions similar to what you've described. I appreciate your help. We'll follow through on that. Yeah, don't don't mess with this. Do not mess with this. Good luck, sir. Bye-bye. 457-1290 on News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Everyone, Nancy here with my great friend uh, Christian Hahn of Joseph Airport Toyota Hyundai. Everybody knows you as Christian Hahn. You're always in the showroom when folks want to stop by and say hi. But you're also known as the yes man, aren't you? I love to say yes. <laughs> yes to easy financing. Yes to great vehicles, great selection. Of course, the ease of doing business. I want to say that again. Yes. In any event, we're having a big sale, huge sale. And it covers our pre-owned vehicles, not just the new Toyotas and Hyundais. And these, most of these cars have a lifetime powertrain warranty. They have a free oil change. Ooh. Your first oil change is free, so you get to know our service department because we have great service departments. Now, what does a lifetime powertrain warranty cover? Engine, drivetrain, and transmission. Yes, we've been doing this since 2013. Our customers love it. So come out and see us today or go to josephairporttoyota.com or airhyundai.com and look at a great selection of pre-owned vehicles. Now at Menard, save big money on your next project with 11% off everything. Right now, all stock Fight Electric bulbs are on sale, plus 11% off. Save energy with Fight Electric dimmable LED vintage style bulbs. They last up to 10,000 hours. A two-pack is 533 after sale price and 11% off. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Good through August 11th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. David Cemetery has been serving the families of the Miami Valley since 1826. In 2011, we built our first outdoor columbarium and in 2015 completed our second. You may be asking, what is a columbarium? A columbarium is a chamber or wall in which urns containing cremations are stored. For more information, call 937-434-2255 or go to davidcemetery.com. David Cemetery, generations of care. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. Looking for a great part-time job? Earn up to $1,000 extra cash a month. Dayton Daily News delivery routes are available now. If you're an early riser, have your own transportation and a valid license with proof of insurance, you could take on a delivery route. Call now to apply. 937-225-0582. That's 937-225-0582. You must be 18 or older and we are an equal opportunity employer. Great money and a great job. Call 937-225-0582 now. Have you been thinking about retiring? It could be the most important decision of your life. Tune in to Russell Total Wealth Radio Saturdays at 1 p.m. right here on WHIO for answers to your questions about how to maximize your money during retirement and learn strategies about minimizing your taxes. Get the facts and learn about all of your options. Tune in to Russell Total Wealth Radio Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, part of our Ask the Expert weekends. At McAfee, we strive to remain a leader in our industry by realizing you, the customer, comes first. We also know your time is valuable. You should never have to take time away from what matters to get an estimate on a new system for your home. So now, like never before, receive a price instantly using our online estimating tool at mcair.com. Any season, any time. McAfee. He's been a favorite for many years. Great traffic reporter. I grew up listening to him. Helping you get to work and get home for over three decades. Dayton's most trusted traffic authority is Sergeant Mark Bowen on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, everybody. It's 7.56. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7. 
going throughout the day, we'll gradually see the skies clearing up a little bit, and we do have a chance for showers and storms to develop, especially towards the south of I-70 today. High temperature for today, 82 degrees, and we're clearing out, especially into the overnight hours. A cool, quiet night, 62 degrees for the low, and into tomorrow, partly sunny skies. We still have that chance for a shower or storm popping up, mainly in the afternoon. High temperature tomorrow, around 83 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. Current scan of the new live Doppler 7 radar shows a band of a shower activity just north of I-70 right now between uh, what appears to be Preble County, Montgomery County, and near the Dark County, Miami County lines. We're currently resting at 68 degrees on the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and news. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290 is the number of the dial if you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast. Let's head to the telephone lines. Hey, Andy, good morning. Hi, Mark. A couple of questions. A first of all, comment. Uh, I'm sitting here watching the goldfinch eat on my red beets. Goldfinch eating your red beets? Oh, yeah, they eat my red beets. Okay, but my question is, in raising peppers, is it better to take the early blooms off so you get more growth than the pepper? No. Okay. No. Yeah, it's hard enough to get peppers to set. Peppers are a plant that like to operate between... They like to flower and, 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 and set their flowers between 65 degrees and 80, no higher than 85. And when you get these really hot extreme days like we've had, you're going to have, you know, a lot of weeks without pepper production. So you're better to take what you can get. And like I said, peppers do not operate well if temperatures are above 85 or below 65. Okay. And the other question, I planted a tulip poplar tree, and I want to take some of the lower branches off. The tree is two years old. Uh, Why do you want to take off the lower branches, Andy? Well, so I can walk under the tree. Okay, just keep in mind, from a tree tree failure standpoint, trees with lower branches are more likely not to fail than trees that have been limbed up. Okay. So the general rule is leave as many branches as you can. Now, if they're structurally insufficient branches, meaning if they're shaped like a V or they're codominantly arranged where they're not, they're competing with another branch, then those kind of branches you would want to subordinate. But I will generally tell you as a general rule of thumb, it's better to leave your trees low branch than to limb them up. Okay. The more you limb them up, you actually make them more likely to fail as they get older in life so i would generally say if you can stand leaving the lower branches leave them and more so you know subordinate the ones that are defective like the ones that are shaped like a v connected to another branch remove or abate those keep that tree growing in a central leader condition and you'll end up with a tree with less likely to fail long-term than one that if you limbed it up. Good luck to you, Andy, and thanks for your call. More Garden Talk shall continue in the next hour. Stand by, 457-90. During the week, you can always reach me at area code 937-835-3381 or visit my website at www.weberlandscaping.com on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.